This Bible teaching comes to you from the Apostolic Church All Nation Centre in Kennington, London. Here now is Pastor Victor Jibuke with the Word of God. Hello everyone, it's such a, a privilege to bring and to share a few words from scriptures with you today. Just pray that God will bless you. This is Pentecost Sunday and um, my prayer is that like a mighty rushing wind, the power of the Holy Spirit will usher in a wave of transformation, of refreshment, of restoration into your life uh, today, that God will begin from today to do incredibly new things in your life by the power of his Holy Spirit. If you believe it, then say an amen with me. Amen. So today and for the next few weeks, our theme is based on the subject, the strong Christian the strong Christian and today the topic is the strong Christian empowered protected victorious amen and I guess the first place to start is who is a Christian a few weeks ago I was in a park as part of our uh, church's outreach event and I was with a, a lady and we were talking to a man and his daughter and we asked him are you a Christian and he said well I do good things, I um, try to follow as much as possible the Bible, but I, I'm not totally sure. And we asked him, if you were to pass on today, or if God of Christ came back today, will you be sure that you will be in heaven with him? And he said, well, I don't know for sure, I'm, I hope so. And we helped him to understand that going to church or doing good things was not enough to make you a Christian. Not even having parents who are Christians can make you a Christian. So how do you become a Christian? Jesus replied in John 3, 3, Verily, truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. So in order to be a Christian, you have to be born again. And how do you become born again? Well, Paul tells us in Romans 10, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved, for it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. So there we have it. There is a, a need to make a profession of faith, a confession of faith in the Lord Jesus as your Lord and Savior and believe in your heart that he has saved you. And that is necessary in order for you to become a Christian. And I'm glad to say that man and his daughter that they made that confession of faith and they were wonderfully transformed in from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. And I pray and hope that by the end of this message, I will give you an opportunity to do the same if you have not already done so. And so what does it mean to be a strong Christian? Because that's the theme, a strong Christian. In Ephesians 6.10, Paul says this, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. When discussing spiritual warfare, the Bible clearly 
commands us to be strong. Why do we need to be strong? Well, do I need to tell you in these tough times with all of the crisis that's going on in the world around us, but in our own homes, in our families, with our finances, with jobs, with marriages, with our young people, with children, with ministries, is there a need to, to explain why we need to be strong? We need to be strong because the devil preys on the weak. Satan likes it when people are weak and therefore, and he likes to, he says that he's like the, the lion who, who uh, roams around seeking whom to devour. There is a need for us to be not just Christians, but to be strong Christians. Some people think that you can only be a strong Christian when you have been a Christian for many years. No, but you can be a strong Christian even if you've been a Christian for just a few months. You can be a strong Christian even if you are young in age. Some people think that you're a strong Christian when you are free from all challenges of life, when you have no health issues, no financial issues, no need for anything, and God is somehow made sure that everything around you is perfectly okay. Well, that's not what I read in the Bible. Many times Paul said that he was in need, he was in difficulty, and he, he relied on other people to help him. Job's friends were called miserable comforters, and God said they missed the mark completely. Why? Because they assumed because Job has health challenges, or he, and he had all sorts of issues in his life, they assumed that that was because he was a wicked man. He was far from God, but that could not be any further from the truth. So they say to you, well, you know, these health challenges that you're having now and over and over again, operation, operation, are you sure that you are a good person? Are you sure that you are not far from God? You better repent and come back to God so that all these financial issues can be resolved in your life or these job situations. You can't hold down a job because you have issues with God. You need to sort them out. Well, let's not jump to conclusions because you can be strong and yet God in his mercy and grace allows issues and difficulties to come to our lives those issues and their difficulties are not by themselves but makes you weak or strong some people think that you are strong when you work miracles and signs and wonders go on in your life and there is a big thing in theology in ministry in Pentecostalism now where there is a big focus on signs and wonders as a sign of someone that is be in touch with God but I want to remind you that the, Jesus told a story about the last days when people came and said Lord you must know who we are because we did signs and wonders in your name and Christ said depart from me I never knew you we're not saying that signs and wonders is not part of what Christianity is about. Jesus himself said, uh, this signs shall follow those who believe. But those signs and wonders or the blessings that God gives us are not by themselves what makes us a strong Christian. So today and many in, in the following Sundays, I'm sure that God by his servants will explain to us what it means to be a strong Christian. But I just have two things that I would like to share with you today about what, what, what a strong Christian means. The first thing is this, that in order for you to be a strong Christian, you need to equip yourself with the truth of what the Bible says you are. You need to know who you are in God for you to be strong. We sing that song, don't we? I know who I am. I know what he says I am. That's important. 
Satan preys on people who do not know their position in Christ or know anything about their relationship with God. To be a Christian is not enough. You need to know what the Bible says and live in that reality and walk with the authority. The enemy retreats from us and he backs away when he knows that you know who you are. There are so many people, too many of us, who are pushed about every day by, by the devil, become victims of our circumstances, become victims of what people say about us. We listen to what they say and it distracts us and it makes us miserable because we're focusing on what people say about us or what people, how people view us instead of focusing on what God says about you. You cannot allow yourself to be a victim of people's ideas about you or of the wrong thinking, wrong concepts. Ephesians 1 to 3, uh, this, uh, Ephesians chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3 are wonderful scriptures that I would encourage you to spend some time on because they give us a wonderful picture of who we are in Christ. Spelling it all out, what Christ has done to forgive us and to reconcile. And I guarantee that if you spend time in these scriptures, they will make you strong, no matter what situation that you face. Because they're full of declarations of who we are based on what, not our efforts, but what God has done. It says, they say things like God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. He chose us in him before the foundation of the world. He predestined us into adoption as sons and daughters through Jesus Christ to himself. He lavished grace upon us. In him we have redemption through the blood, the forgiveness of our sins. He made known to us the mystery of his will. We have obtained an inheritance. We are sealed in him. We were dead, but God made us alive together with Christ. He washed us and has forgiven us. We have been saved by grace and that not of ourselves, not as a result of works that no one should boast. Once separated and far off, we have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Christ is our peace. We are no longer strangers, but fellow citizens and are of God's household. This is who we are, saints. Recipients of all these wonderful benefits from God himself. And it culminates in us sitting with Christ in heavenly places. Almost too much to believe when we think about it. But God's word declares it. And it's about time that you and I begin to believe this and live out the reality of who we are in God. If we do so, it will establish such unshakable confidence in our hearts and in our lives as we go about our daily business. So the first thing that it means to be a strong Christian is to know who you are in God. Do you know who you are in God? Then the second thing is that you must use what you have in God. Use the tools and the weapons that God has given to you to live out the daily battles and to win and to be strong. It's not enough for you to know scriptures or to have read the things that Bible has spoken about concerning us. Christianity is not one dimensional. What we believe we must also live out. We must use the tools that God has given to us because we are in warfare. 
daily constant. There is a battle going on. There's a battle going on in your job, in your career, battles in, in your finances, battles with your children, your young people, in ministry maybe. There are battles constant and we need to know the nature of the warfare and make sure that we are using the weapons that God has given us to succeed and to be victorious. Remember, we are talking about being empowered, being, uh, um, sorry, be, being empowered, being uh, protected, and being victorious. Ephesians 6, 12 says this, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against principal rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you have done everything to stand. We heard it read to us earlier on. Almost every sermon on Ephesians 6.12 dwells on who the battle is against. It's against rulers and powers and against um, authorities in the spiritual forces of evil. That's what it says there. But an equally important truth from this verse is that our, what our battle is not against. Our battle is not, an, is not against flesh and blood. And for centuries, the church, the Christian church, has not really grappled properly with this truth, that we are not fighting flesh and blood in, our, in spiritual warfare. Everyone, I'm sure, has been in, in the situation where they've had to defend themselves because of being criticized or people have condemned them, people have said horrible things or acted very badly against them. There are a few of us that have not battled flesh and blood, but the Bible tells us that our battle is not against flesh and blood. And until we understand this and begin to fight the real battle, we are going to constantly be beaten and defeated. We have wasted multiple hours criticizing each other, criticizing fighting leaders, fighting our co-workers in ministry or co-workers at work, fighting brothers and sisters in our families, fighting with our children, fighting with our parents. We're fighting each other because we don't understand that it's the devil that's the cause of a lot of the issues that we are facing. And guess who is laughing all the way to who, wherever? It's the devil. He thinks, well, as long as they're fighting each other, I'm safe and sound and I can carry on rampaging and doing all of the stuff that I need to do. Saints, there are two realms in which battles are fought, on, on earth and in the heavenly. In the earth, that's what we can touch and feel. But in the heavenly realm, which is where God wants us to fight this battle and to win, this battle is, must be fought with spiritual weapons. We must resist the enemy. We cannot continue to fight each other. You know, earlier this week, I was in a Bible study and we were looking at the issue of forgiveness and someone, one person asked the question, well, what if someone has done something so wicked and so evil against me? You know, and of course I understand forgiveness, but is it wrong for me to seek vengeance? And you know, my brothers, my sisters, we fight in the spiritual realm because the battle is not ours. The battle is the Lord. I mean, it says battle, the vengeance is mine, says the Lord. The, the, the vengeance is not for you and I to carry out or execute. The vengeance is for God to carry out. 
We fight in the spiritual realm because the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They are not fleshly weapons, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. We fight in the spiritual realm because we have unseen forces at war on our behalf hallelujah you know my brother my sister i want to tell you today that you don't need to defend yourself because god will defend you what he wants you to do is to take it to him in prayer and so that your spiritual eyes will be open to see what god can and will do on your behalf that should make you strong there's a great example of this in scripture, in the story of Elisha. In 2 Kings 6, 15 to 17, there we see the, 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 the story which unfolds before us. Elisha and his servant are surrounded, their camp are surrounded by uh, chariots and horses and army, and they were just ready for them. And when Elisha's servant woke up in the morning and saw this, he panicked. He was afraid and he was paralyzed with fear. And he goes to the servant of God, Elisha, and he tells him, look, we, we, we are surrounded by chariots and horsemen. And Elisha's reaction was not one of fear. Without even raising an eyebrow, he said to him, don't let this circumstance distress you. Okay, don't be fearful about this. He that is with us is greater than he that is with them those that are with us more than those who are with them echoing really paul echoing what he says here of course the servant would have thought my gosh this guy you've lost it what is going on here do you not know your mats there are just two of us in this house when i look around but there are hundreds and thousands of horses uh, perhaps thousands of horses and 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 chariots what do you mean that the that there are more with us than with them and elisha said lord just open his eyes open his eyes so he can see what i can see already and when he did open his eyes my god God opened his eyes. What he saw was a mountain, hallelujah, a mountain full of horses and chariots. This is God, God coming in to fight the battle on his behalf. Saints, I want you to understand that God does not want you to panic or be fearful because of the things that have come into your life, the things that surround you. He wants you to be unshakable, knowing that he is with you, that he is protecting you. When you're faced with circumstances, overwhelming odds are against you, ruthless foes and, foes and enemies are about, and you, know, they, you, you, you think, I'm going to be a victim. No, you're not going to be a victim. Remember this, those that are with, her, with you are more than those who are with them. Angels encamp around those who fear him. God says he will cover you with his feathers and under his wings you will find refuge. No harm will overtake you. No disaster will come near your tent. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and forevermore. He will never fail you. Others may fail you, but God will never fail you. You know, earlier in the week, I had a guy 
guy came to do some work for me and he was lamenting. I said, well, what's, the go what's going on? Why are you complaining so much? He said, there was a, he, his daughter is about to get married next week and he lined up a Bentley that he was going to use. A friend of his was going to give him a Bentley that his daughter would use, he and his daughter would use to go to this wedding and he was already feeling so uh, I'm glad about it and yet today he rang up the friend to say can we come and collect the Bentley and to his utmost shock and surprise the, the, the guy said do you know what I've had to sell all my cars including the Bentley I'm sorry I have nothing for you so now he's got to make other arrangements and he didn't know where to start and so that was why he was so concerned and so panicked I want to tell you that others may fail you Sometimes you may have been even disappointed in life, but you know what? God will never fail you. He will always be there for you. Four things I want you to remember as we consider how to make sure that you're living out the reality of God's word in your life and you're fighting the battle the right way. Number one, pray in every situation. Don't even as a leader, as a father, as a mother, as a husband and a wife, as a young man, a young woman, in the situations that you face, even as an employee or an employer, pray. Don't just go into situations that are difficult on your own. Pray about them. Pray that God will give you wisdom to do the right thing and to respond in the right way. Hallelujah. Have we trials or temptations? Is there trouble anywhere, the song says? You should never be disturbed by these things. Take it to your Lord, to the God in prayer. Number two, don't resist the enemy. Take authority over the enemy. The problem, remember, is not the person. The battle is not against flesh and blood. So declare it. Don't allow um, every situation to become escalator. Don't allow things to hinder your relationship and destroy relationships. Go to the devil and speak and declare what God's word say. Speak about the things that God has said about you. Your enemies, my enemies will not destroy my marriage. My enemies will not have my kids. They will not have my job. They will not have my ministry. Speak into the things. Bind the enemy. Speak. Take authority in the word of God and we can stop the enemy from hindering us and hindering God's work in our lives. Thirdly, rather than fighting flesh and blood when we're corrected, don't become so hung, hung up on criticism or, or even rebuke. Why don't you find out, is there any truth in it? Is there something that is being said that I can take hold of? It's not everything that would be right when people give us feedback or correct us or criticize us, but there might be some truth that we can hang on to. Remember, pride can destroy us if we're not careful, so we must be humble and allow any truth in what's being said for, to, to, for us to take on board that truth, help for that truth to help change us so that we become more and more like Jesus. And then we should maintain relationships at all costs. Honestly, our relationships with each other, our relationships as brothers and sisters and with others is so crucial. It has to be protected. That's why Paul said, be at peace. So long as you can do it, as long as much as you can, be at peace with all men. Proverbs 18, 19 says, a brother offended is harder to be won than a strong city. And contentions are like the bars of a castle. If we fight people, we are not serious about spiritual warfare. If we allow relationships to falter with doctrines, things to divide, of people problems to flourish in our lives, then we are actually not building, we are tearing down. So let me summarize and close. 
What does it mean to be a strong Christian? You mean you need to know who you are in God. You need to know what position you have in God and begin to live out that reality. And secondly, you need to use the weapons, the tools that God has given you to fight the battles of life. My brother, my sister, God will give you victory in that fight, in that challenge, in that situation you're in. I want to tell you that the Bible says those who know their God, you know God, you know what he can do for you. Those who know their God will be strong and do exploit. You will do exploits. You will run through a troop. You will leap over a wall. You will overrun your enemies. You will not be defeated in the mighty name of Jesus. When the enemy comes against you like a flood, the Lord will raise up a standard against you. Situations that once were meant for your defeat. I'm praying today that you will, they will be turned into victory. God will unleash his strength into your life, every area of your life every situation that is not as it should be stubborn problems the lord will eradicate out of your life as you're trusting him and you're holding on to him in the mighty name of jesus earlier on i spoke about the need to make a confession of faith if you want to become a christian i want to give you an opportunity to do so perhaps you're listening and you are not a christian let me give you an opportunity to make a confession of sin for you to transform from darkness into light to become a part of god's kingdom and have god watching over you and making you strong being ready to fight the battle and to win the battle of life and to be to succeed so if you want to be a Christian, or maybe you've gone away from God and you want to come back to God, let's give you an opportunity to do so. Just say a simple prayer after me. Lord Jesus, I come to you today. I know that I have sinned. I ask you to forgive me. I confess today that you are Lord and Savior of my life. Help me from this day on to be a disciple and to follow after you. In Jesus' name. Well, if you have made that prayer today and prayed that prayer, the angels in heaven are dancing. There's a party in heaven rejoicing over that decision you've made because this is the start of an incredible life that you will never regret. We want you to get in touch. Why don't you tap your name or, or go on our website, just fill out the contact form. We'd like to get in touch, pray with you, help you on this wonderful new journey that you have started. God bless you. Stay strong. Stay blessed. Amen. We hope you've been blessed by this teaching. You just listened to Pastor Victor Jibuke of the Apostolic Church All Nation Centre in Kennington, London. Our address is 13 Tyres Terrace, Lambeth, London, SE11 5LZ. Call us on 020-7820-9917. Find us on the web at www.apostolic-anc.org. The All Nation Centre, reaching out into the community in practical and caring ways.